Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way, find a way. Ain't got no time now. You in the way. I'm doing fine now. Out of my business. Find a way, find a way, find a way. Peace, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Poet Life Podcast. Starting a brand new season. Myself, J. Rod D. My good brother, Chris Dog Jenkins, who's stepping from behind the camera to in front of the camera now. Let's We're going to start off with a whole new season, a whole new lineup, and a whole new format. Now we're trying to get more into the business mindset, not only into the spoken word and the artistic creative side of things. So we have our first guest, Mr. Roscoe Burnham's. Now, I want to get into not so much of his bio, but what I've gathered from just what I, you know, looking at videos and trying to read some things and not trying to be too cliche, you know what I'm saying? So what I did get was, in addition to having what you call um, tromedy on Amazon Prime, you also are a father. And I watched the TED Talk. And right now with quarantine, um, you know, I'm not able to see my son as much as I want to. Um, right. And so, like, what you were saying is about masculinity and how, like, I'm always thinking about, like, what are they watching on TV? You know, right. what's going on over there? Who, like, like how they, like, I'm thinking a lot of things. Like, I'm trying to make sure my son is good. I want him, my son. I'm not mm. seeing, like, what's he doing. But I, right. I got, he's a kid. He's probably playing around, jumping, flipping, you know, doing a little, he's only two years old. So, watching your TED Talk kind of let me step back and really see myself in the mirror a little bit and really, okay slow down it's fine you don't need to even think about questions about whatever i was thinking about the sound mm-hmm. and that's one thing i did appreciate to try to get to the human side of it uh because when crystal spoke of you i immediately said okay let me see what he's talking about i saw some good poems i saw the one he was speaking of um let me go find it right now so i won't get his name wrong the first one i saw was agnostic of course the first one pops up but oh, i went yeah. past agnostic and i said okay okay i feel you on that then i went to the metaphysics of white privilege and I was like, okay, I had I had to play it back a few more times to catch some of the things. And you got to the concept of what what is being. I'm forgive me for misquoting. You said how how we define existence, and then how how we, no being, and then how we define what we allow to exist. Something like that. Something right. Like that. Yeah. And how uh, we we like we're told what to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. They have the privilege to tell others who aren't white what to be, how to be. You know. Uh, so I, I said, okay, cool. With substance there, it's more substance there with agnostic, double on that. And then I got to the one about masculinity. And that's when I said, all right, cool. I think I'm going to start like this to introduce this brother right here. So I'll allow you to speak more about yourself, man. And more questions that come up. But for everyone now who may not know, and we're going to get more familiar with, we have the good brother, Roscoe Burnham, the first guest on the Poor Life Podcast. Thank Roscoe. you, Thank you. Go, 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 man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you. So talk to you, talk, talk, talk to us about, you know, yourself, man. I, I, you have accomplishments and accolades and, you, you know, your most recent accomplishment. You know, let's let's break down, you know, the things that you've done and how you've been able to do it. You know, talk to us. OK, so just uh, I guess just to start off, just a little about me. Um, I've been doing poetry now for uh, a little over a decade, um, right. just just a hint over a decade. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's been a great journey. Um, I was very fortunate to be a part of a, a great poetry slam team. My first real year competing, which was like oh nine, something like that. And um we we made final we made final stage at a huge regional tournament. Um fast forward five years, I make regionals again. Uh, I make regional finals again. We placed third again. I placed third with a different team. And then that same year, uh, I was with a, a, an amazing team out of base out of DC and we won nationals. Um, and then uh, uh, apparently I got a, a five year streak because then fast forward five years from there, that was in 2014. And then fast forward five years from there, uh, I became uh, the uh, new pick champion. You'll hear poets refer to it as new pick, but it's uh, basically it's, it's an underground slam. So it's like a head to head. It's like Fight Club for poets. Mm. <laughs> um, so uh, I was uh, 2019's uh, uh, new pick or underground slam champion. Mm. Uh, and then I've had some other, like some big wins in, you know, in between there, but those are like some of the, the bigger accomplishments um, in, my, uh, in my career as a, as a poet with, with Poetry Slam, specifically with Poetry Slam. Okay. Um, and so outside of that, man, I've been a teaching artist. I've, I've given a lot of my time and my energy and, and my, um, my love for the art to my, my students who become like my children over time. Um, all the high school kids that I work with, all the high schools that I go to, all the nonprofits that I've been working with over time. That's really what my, probably my biggest accomplishment as an artist is for me is being able to like, not only just like use the, use, uh, use what I, what I know and, and do you know, write some great stuff within the art form and write some great poems and all that kind of stuff. But then to be able to take that knowledge and then be able to give that to somebody else who can take it and do 10 times more with it than I ever did. Nice. Right. Um, that's the goal. So um, I've been very, very fortunate to be like an artist educator for about seven years now uh, within my 10 year career. Uh, and then since then, I, you know, I've, I've been featured on like PBS and um, like I've become a host and and then my latest accomplishment with them, um, my latest accomplishment, uh, in addition to some of the books that I put out, is that I just released a uh, kind of a first of its kind. Like nobody's really packaged it in this way, but it's a poetry and comedy special that is currently streaming on Amazon. So, so, and all of that is absolutely amazing. I, I want to uh, kind of break down each part of your poetry career, right? Okay. Um, one of the parts I want to talk about is the slam journey, right? Uh, does the slam speak to um, giving, like when you, when you're winning and you're you're getting trophies and and things of that nature? Is that increasing your status as a poet in the poetry community or in the poetry industry? Um, does that also give you more opportunities, right? What what does that do for the poet? So I'll tell you what, um, so when I first started out, I mean, slam, slam was kind of everything. And if you were like this slam champ or you did really well at slam, whatever, like it could, it could legit get you like shows, like small gigs, big gigs, all that. You know what I mean? That kind of changed over time. I think what happened is that people realized that just because you were really dope um, at, a, at a poetry competition doesn't mean you put on a good show. Um, okay. And so the, the, the game changed a little bit. And so that slam didn't really get you the same, you know, it, it, it didn't afford you the same opportunities as it did, you know, uh, prior to that, right? It kind of changed somewhere around like 2012, 2014. Um, but what it did continue to do 
is it was a it was a great stamp on your resume, right? If you did really, if you were doing really well, you know, it did show that you were more than likely more than likely putting out quality work at least on stage. Yeah. Um, and it was a great networking opportunity because your your network and, and your reach is very different than someone else's reach. And if you've never been to uh, any venues in the Midwest, any venues in Cali or any venues in uh, New York or whatever the case may be, you're likely to see poets from that area mm-hmm. in a slam, you know, in a poetry slam, especially larger competitions that are national or regional or what, or what have you. And so, you know, I wouldn't have gotten a feature at the New Yorican or a feature at Austin Poetry Slam or um, been able to do certain colleges had I not been able to network with some of the other artists that I've seen in in that area. Um, so it was definitely a great stamp on my resume. And then it helped me kind of like, put, it put me in spaces with other poets who were doing similar things, putting out similar work, uh, had similar goals, uh, and it allowed us to pool our networks together in order to broaden my reach, broaden their reach. We were, we've been fortunate to bring amazing talent to, uh, to Richmond, Virginia, where I'm from, born and raised. Um, we've been able to bring great talent here and other people have brought me out to their city. And so it's been a great, it's, a, it's still very much a great networking tool. And even though like winning a slam doesn't necessarily afford you like this like tour or whatever, it does put you in spaces um, that allows you to create those opportunities. Dope, dope. So with that being said, with um, the name and the title um, a slam poet. Um, business-wise, um, like you said, that adds to your resume, that adds to your name, you know, because that's, it's almost like um, you, you you have your name, it's like, a, you know, the doctor has PhD on his name or, or MD, right? Or, right? You also, now you also, you're not just a poet, but you're a slam poet as well. Right. Um, now, Talk to me about, because I was about to lose my thought. Uh, talk to me about the strategy that goes into being a slam poet, right? Like, how do you use, how do you um, think of your topic uh, to compete against others when you don't know what their topic may be, if that makes sense? So, um, contrary to what other people may think, uh, or even what other poets will tell you, there's no way to play defense in slam, right? That's just, it's not a sport that's kind of designed for that, right? You go up there and you do and present the best work that you have. So um, quality writing is, is really important. You know, being a great storyteller, being able to perform really well and be a very dynamic performer. Now I'll tell you what my personal, um, my personal uh, strategy, if you will. And it's not necessarily on purpose. Like I call it, I'm calling it a strategy for the sake of context, but um, it's not, it's not really deliberate. I, um, I write about a lot of different things um, and my writing is very nuanced. So, um, you know, the, the, the running joke is that slam is full of uh, just really angry black poems, uh, which it is, <laughs> it really is. And, 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 and when you, we live in a social climate like this, you know what I mean? Like it's it's really easy for that to happen. I mean, um, every time we turn on the news, there's another story that's giving poets more fuel to write these write these types of poems, right? So it's um, but uh, that's not all of who I am as a person and as an artist, right? So when I when I get on stage, you're gonna hear poems about me being a father. 
you're going to hear poems that about my relationship with my spirituality um, or my relationship with my mother or um, my relationship with the world around me uh, and how that um, how that affects me. And it's nuanced, right? A poem that one poem might be about how the, uh, the the whole college system is kind of a kind of a money grab. You know what I mean? Like because it is Sally Mae is always in your pockets. Um, one, one po always, always, um, you know, the next piece might be about how we address masculinity, you know what I mean? Cause that's a part of, of who I am too. And so I think that the, the, I think the good, the best strategy is to have very layered work, mm -hmm. yeah. um, have very nuanced work, have very, have work that's very relatable and it shows multiple sides of who you are as a person. Great. And to not one dimensionalize yourself. I don't think slam or no slam poetry or or on a stage or on a page or whatever. Never one dimensionalize yourself because right. yeah. there's so many layers to who you are as a person. You, you know, I mean, we're barely the same people we were yesterday, let alone five years ago or, or what have you. So there's all these different sides to you. Show people all these different sides to who you are. So that's my strategy for. Um, being as successful as I've been in slams, that it's very difficult to stop me or play defense when there's so many different layers and so many different things that I'll bring to a stage. Right. Got it. Um, so, so that's slam poetry. Um, yeah. What was your most recent win? Didn't you actually? My most recent win was uh you know we you know we've been in quarantine and right. uh, you know shows are not happening right now. At least not I saw physically. You post that. Yeah, so there are these um, online slams that are popping up, and there was this big one that was happening. Uh, it's called the Screen Time Slam. Shouts out right. to Cat McGill. Right. Um, and the uh, um, Screen Time Slam was dope. Um, uh, a friend of mine, Breeze the Poet, kind of bullied me into doing it, and uh, and I and I took it on, and and I won. Uh, and I and I beat some some pretty some pretty big yes, names within I the poetry world. I was like, ooh, yeah, man. Everybody that was in finals, like I had to get through some big names to get get there. But um, everybody who was on that in that finals, um, those final rounds, uh, were all poets who had been on um, on a national stage at some point, like a finals, a finals for a national stage or or a regional a huge regional competition or where yeah. it's like a grand slam in there. Uh, in their state, that kind of thing. It was, I mean, it was like all heavy hitters, you know, all people who have been featured on all the popular stream, you know, poetry streaming sites and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Uh, when you said I won, I was like, man, he's not playing. He's serious. yeah, man. I've, 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 you know, I've become kind of good at this thing over time. I guess you know. Awesome. Jay, you on mute or no? You good? Yeah, 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 I'm good. Cool, cool. So, um, in relation to uh, the other parts of your um, poetry career, uh, um, you already spoke to. I'm glad I asked that question in regards to you know how you choose your poetry. Um, uh, do you do you kind of go harder when it's a slam poem um, in uh, in contrast to when you're simply performing? as a gig you know do you give more emphasis in the slam to kind of make it hit harder or uh, i would say that passion plays a huge factor in every performance really but when it's uh when it's competitive i think there's a definitely like a there's an element that kind of makes you kind of um that intensifies 
you know, like the the performance, right? And then, uh, you know, Slam is also put under some like some time constraints. So you should, you know, you can't be on there longer than uh, three minutes and they give you like a 10 second grace period. You know, after that, if you're up there longer than that, you start to get penalized. Right. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, so brevity is important. Speed is important. Okay. Uh, you want to kind of hurry up and get, kind of get to the point essentially. Right. Uh, without without taking away from the message or from the metaphor. So there's a skill in it. You know, what I mean, there's a skill right. in being That's able what to write. Trying to get to, yeah. There's a skill in it, and I think uh, it's really intimidating. I know a lot of poets who are like, nah, I, you know, I don't, one, I don't want anybody to score my art, and then they're like, oh, well, writing writing that. writing three minutes or less, I don't want to, I don't want to do that, or I can't do that. My poems are like five or six minutes, and um, and I understood that at you know earlier in my career, and I was actually very anti-slam for like a whole year before friends okay. convinced me to do it. Okay. Um, but now I got. I think I. I think that's because I've been doing this for so long, and even even whether it's doing a feature at a at a school or or at a open mic or whatever, or, or even if it's at a slam, sometimes if I'm like, man, like, look, if you up there for like six seven minutes doing one poem, that's that's too long of a poem. Yeah. Uh, you need you need to cut that. You need that's two. That's at least two or three poems you got there. <laughs> you need to truncate that. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a long that's. A Oh man, I don't, yeah. even, I don't even like song. I don't even like songs that are six minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? When only hear six minute song, right? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like so a... when you're up there and you're like, "Oh, my poem is is at least six minutes. I can't, I, you know, I can't dumb it down. Or I can't water it down." I'm like, uh, "Maybe you should just try. You should just try." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good? brevity, brevity is really important in in slam, and um, so I think there's what, a skill what in brevity that. Brevity mean? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Like just the uh, the ability to kind of condense or okay. kind of be kind of more concise. Okay, got it. So I think that's really important, and um, and it does add a, like a layer of intensity to it. You know, there's a competitive edge. I'm very competitive, and I don't want anybody to like outperform me. Uh, so you know, there's some there's some friendly competition there, and I think it, it enhances the experience for the artist and the audience. Really, do you think it's necessary? Because because I mean, just listen to you speak and just thinking about how music has changed. Like songs are getting shorter and shorter, like one verse hook and then out type songs now. Um, and most oftentimes, everything's kind of like Instagram worth, Instagram size amount right. of you know, digestion. So when it comes to slam poetry, normally you go to open mic and say you have X amount of time to perform anyway. Um, do you think poetry is, is kind of, I don't want to say shifting, but kind of realizing the necessity more so now for slam poetry in the time of attention span being shorter and shorter? So they say, I mean, I asked that question because I know some guys now who are still anti-poetry for the very reason that you had stated. You mean anti-slam or anti-poetry? I mean, I answer for part, part itself, anti-slam. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, I think slam slam had a huge rise kind of like in the 90s, like going yeah, into like early weird. 2000s, and then kind of hit a dip where it just wasn't as popular anymore. Um, people were kind of just over the novelty of it. But I do think that there's, a, there's something about slam that is appealing now, for to your point. Um, that people have sh much shorter attention spans. <laughs> yeah. uh, they don't want to hear a six-minute song. And sometimes I think now, and I think two things. I think two things are happening. I think we're in a in a world where people want to be wowed right away. And when you're at an open mic and you get all this this longer length of time, people are like, kind of waiting for you to kind of get to it, get to you know to to the meat of the performance. And with slam, you're doing that almost within the first minute. So you grab, it forces you to grab people right away. Comedy is kind of the same way. And that's something I've been dabbling in with now that Tromedy has dropped. Comedy is the same way. You got to grab people fast. You got to grab people in a hurry. 
um, right. and make them laugh right away before you lose them. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I'm working on that now as, as a somebody who's like aspiring to do more comedic things. And so, um, but yeah, to your point, like people want to be wild right away. And so I think that's happening. And I think we are, we're in the podcast generation. Right. Yeah. Like podcasts are more popular. Right. People are listening to, to all of them all the time. And so there's a there's a thirst for the spoken word, even if that's not poetry. Right. Even if it's just three people kicking it, uh, you know, what I mean, and, and talking art yeah. or culture or whatever. People want just the spoken word. All the uh, audio books are on the rise. Right. Because yeah. people want to hear the words they you know they don't just want to sit and read or they don't have the time to sit and read so poetry kind of gives people that they get a, they get an opportunity to kind of sit and hear the opinions about culture about art about life about god about racism uh or anything and they get to uh digest that in you know in three minutes or less so next question when did you decide to take your poetry to multimedia from just being a friend of the microphone to going to comedy you know going into film and going into you know, presenting what you present now, like, what what was the what was the mindset behind it? Because I know it came out of necessity, but what was the dissatisfaction I guess you may have felt? So, definitely came out of necessity. Um, I think that's the first part of this. So, like, the game changed, and when I got into spoken word, everybody had like a poetry CD, right? They had a poetry album, and it was on some Jill right. Scott kind of. Right. You know, we, we talking over words, just right. jazz playing in the back, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, and then that I got to be honest, I was hitting the road and it wasn't selling. You know what I mean? But we were yeah. also starting to merge into a generation that wasn't buying CDs. Right. They weren't even buying anything that was tangible. They wanted to know where they could find me online. Right. And so it was like, oh, man, like, you know, you got to kind of shift with the times. And so that okay. changed a lot of things. It was like, OK, I have CDs. All right. CDs ain't selling no more. Then it was like, OK, you can download me at Bandcamp or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then or you could find me on this website where you can listen to the album. And then that was kind of, you know, kind of shaky or whatever. And then it was books. It was like everybody was like switching over to books and people were buying them. It was like kind of a novelty. Even if people weren't reading them, they wanted to say they bought a book from you. Right. Um, right. But even that has been kind of like up and down. And now we live in this world where everything is, uh, you can stream anything, right? You can stream absolutely almost, almost anything. Right. And so you got to shift when, when, when the culture shifts, you got to right. shift with it or you're going to get left behind. There you go. And so um, like, I'm not necessarily streaming on like Spotify and all that stuff yet. Cause I haven't taken the time really to just change, change the media over. Right. But, um, uh, but um, with in, in, the, in the theme of that, like I wanted something that was still visual, right? I, I still wanted something that was still visual because my, my passion has always been in, being on the stage, being on the stage and being in front of people. And I was like, well, how do you how do we find a way to create this and create some passive income right. um, and change with the times and still find a way to fit this into what I love doing? Definitely. And so um, and so then trauma tromedy was born. It was an idea I had been sitting on for a minute. Um, I, I tell a lot of jokes when I'm on the road uh, in between poems because I don't want it to just feel like right. uh, like it's po poem after poem after poem, especially because my poems are kind of heavy. And, you know, people, you don't want to leave people there. You know, you want to give people some breath. Right. Uh, in between. And um, I love telling jokes. I've always loved stand up comedy. I, I, I fell in love with it when I was like eight or nine. And my mom let me watch a deaf comedy jam at an age that I should not have been watching <laughs> deaf comedy jam. And uh, I remember seeing Bernie Mac on stage and who's still hands down my favorite comedian of all time. 
Um, and I remember seeing Adele Givens and, and, a, and a young Martin Lawrence and, um, and just being wowed by the storytelling and the humor and, and, the, and the physicality too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anybody who's watched Bernie Mac, there's a lot of physicality to the humor. Same thing with like Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of physicality to the humor, Tommy Davidson. And um, so I loved, I loved seeing it visually. It, it was great. And then I loved hearing the stories and hearing the jokes. And so, like, so it's something I loved for a long time. And I'm like, how do you blend these worlds together? And then I realized I've been doing it on the road for years now. And so we took that material and my sister, shout out to Nick McMullen, uh, my sisters who really pushed me to like, really like, you, you got to do this. You got to, we're going to record it and it's going to be great. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Um, but she was right. And so we, we just made it happen. I took a risk and, um, and uh, and we we and Tromedy was born, and and so far it's been it's been great. It's been a great experience. It's still streaming. People are still watching it. I'm still getting hundreds, close to close to thousands of streams. Um, and I'm I'm super excited about that. So um, I want to ask because we you and I we talked talked about this before. Um, so initially, it, the goal wasn't to get it on Amazon Prime. Right. The goal was to put on a live special, and that right. was the goal. Right. And yes, and so um, I, I knew we wanted to record it, but I, like I was telling you before, I really didn't know what we were going to do with it. Right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, I didn't know what we were going to do with that. I just think we were going to record it, and I, and I'm thinking about like, what well, do I just put it on YouTube or like right. do I like I don't I don't even know where to where to begin. We we thought about Facebook Watch, and I'm like, well. I don't know how to how do we make money off of this? You know what I mean? Because right. it's still my art, it's still how I pay my bills. And um, so uh, we were we were trying to figure some stuff out. And then I ended up talking to a friend of mine who did a, a few documentaries. Actually, I was in her uh, most recent documentary at the time, which was a, a documentary called Man Listen. And it was a, a documentary a documentary about black men and mental health, mm. which is a huge passion of mine. So um, the documentary was like a roundtable of me and some other brothers really talking about our own personal struggles with depression and suicide ideation and some more. Um, and she had put that documentary on Amazon and it was streaming and people could watch it. And I was like, oh, man, this is dope. I'm watching it at home. And I'm like, oh, man, this is this is crazy. Right. So when we reached out for a director, I, I hit her up and I was like, hey, would you be willing to direct this project that I, I want to do? Um, and I told her about it and she didn't understand it. <laughs> she, right, didn't, right. she didn't understand it and she, but she was my friend and she was like well if this is important to you then, <laughs> <laughs> right. then let's let's do it and so over time we talked we sat with her and my editor and and um i was explaining like how i wanted this to look and she was like okay let's just let's just do it right. and uh i think i understand and we had you know and um and and she made it happen and she kind of held, held my hand and I'm, I'm very grateful for her nikia nikia sharif um uh, i'm very grateful for her for like walking me through the process because without her i wouldn't even have thought to even put it on amazon and I, it wouldn't even be the success that it is now so would you say the key is to simply start when you have an idea yes so look you know i'm a um i'm a firm believer in vision boards right like I put okay. everything on a vision board and this is how I've been able to check off. I mean, literally everything from the house that I'm in to the career that I have, I have put it all on a, on a, even if it started out as just me stapling pictures to my wall. Right. Um, so I'm a firm believer in a vision board and I, and I, and I'm a, uh, I'm a firm believer in that your job is not to know the how we always want to try to figure out the how, but you your job it. isn't to know the how you, got if it. you want to do something, then you set out to do it. Right. 
And as long as you're putting the work in, that's the part that people forget. As long as you're putting the work in, the things are going to fall in place because that, yeah. the things have to when you're putting the work in. Yeah. Um, people are like, oh, I want to I be on Amazon. Oh, I want to do this. I want to I do that. So I want to I have these gigs. I want to be at these colleges. Cool. I'm 10 years in, right? Yeah. I'm 10 years in, no yeah. days off. And I've been putting the work in and I've had failures. I've yeah. had things that just didn't go my way. I've lost out on, on opportunities um, and then made new ones. Uh, but the, the work ethic, the work ethic is what got me there. I didn't know how these things were going to necessarily fall in place, right. but I knew where I wanted to be. Right. I knew where I wanted to be and I was willing to get there. However, that, however that happened, my job wasn't the how I never yeah. kn- thought in a million years it was going to end up on Amazon of all places. Yeah. Right. I didn't know where it was going to end up or if it was going to be anything, you know what I mean? Right. But I knew that this was something I wanted to accomplish. Love it. Love it. So one, one day, you know, the poet, the person has to determine, um, okay, am I going to just have this as a hobby or am I going to pursue this? And, you know, there's, you know, so many people say, I want to pursue it, but the doing is in the hands of the hobby. Right. 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 And so, you know, look, it's, it's a um, it's a cliche, but it's, it's a fact. You know, what I mean, nobody's yeah. going to believe in you until you believe in you. Right. right. And nobody and nobody's going to work harder for your dreams than you are. Nobody. Yeah. Uh, nobody. Let me tell you something. I got I got friends who are near and dear to me who are, are very supportive. But I'd be lying to you if I told you that the people who were at my shows and who were like supporting me the most were like friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. They, you know, because they, you know, look, they got their own lives. They got they're doing their own things, and they don't always they don't always necessarily see the vision, even if they do believe in you. Right. Um. So it is up to you to push yourself to your dreams, right? You it, it has to start somewhere, and it has to start within you. Yeah. Uh. So, but you can't stop. You know what I mean? Right. And so it, it it if you're treating it like a hobby, it's gonna stay like it's gonna stay a hobby. Right. Right. I was moving furniture and then leaving furniture to go do a gig. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, I was um, coming back from D.C., Maryland, three o'clock in the morning, had to right. be up for work at six. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, you know, it 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 started out as a, you know, as a mistress and then it turned into the main jump. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. But it <laughs> uh, which is the only time that works that way. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so you're a full time artist. Yes, I am a full time artist. Um, I, I gig. Um, I, I, I stream, um, and, um, I publish and I teach. Awesome. Let's get into Amazon, Amazon prime. Um, I want to, I want to spend the bulk of the rest of our time breaking down you giving us the ABC one, two, three, how you did what you're doing. Mm. Cool. Um, so it's not as hard as people think. Uh, okay. it's, uh, there's, there was no magic formula. I didn't have to have my people call a people and talk to Jeff Bezos and all that. Right. Like, none of that was necessary. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, Amazon prime has a, um, so for, for people who are writers, Amazon prime has a thing called Kindle direct publishing. Okay. Um, it used to be called create space back in my day. Okay. And then now create space was bought out and it turned into Kindle direct. Right. So if you're a writer who wanted to pull out, uh, you have a manuscript that you're sitting on, you want to put out a book. 
You can um, use Kindle Direct Publishing as a form of, excuse me, as a form of uh, direct publishing. Right? I mean, it's a form of self-publishing. Thank you. Gotcha. Um, so there's that. So now what they've extended that into essentially is people who are um, uh, essentially like independent filmmakers. Right. So if you have something that you want to be like episodic, right, you have multiple episodes a season, you can do that. Or if you have like a standalone film, like the way Tromedy is set up, then you can publish that as well. Now, they have some criterias. Right. So one, you're going to want to go to uh, Amazon Video Direct. Uh, and so Amazon Video Direct is like their their video platform where you can publish these things on your own. And then it will exist on Amazon uh, where people can rent it or buy it. Or if they have Amazon Prime, they can stream it for free. Okay. So um, you're going to want to create an account with Amazon Video Direct. There's that. Um, and so from there, everything else is fairly self-explanatory. So they do have criteria, right? It has to be uh, an HD uh, uh, recording, um, something they can show in standard, but can be viewed in HD, um, but not 4K. 4K is like the ultra, ultra, super duper HD. Um, they don't accept that format well, because not... Say what? I say one say 4K. I think it's because not all their subscribers can view 4K. Right. And so 4K can't be shown in standard definition. Got but it. like high definition can be can be shown at a, le- a lower resolution. Gotcha. Um, but 4K okay. cannot. Right. So um so nothing recorded in 4K. Um uh but HD definitely. Um it has to meet like certain pixels and you know that kind of thing, right? Um, so there's that. So you have to form it, you have to record it, um, at a certain quality. There's that. And then, um, uh, you have to have the captions. You have to handle the captions on your own. Now, the easiest way to do that is to go to rev.com, R-E-V.com. Uh, and they handle captions and transcripts and things of that nature. So you send your file off to rev, you pay X amount of dollars, um, and then they send it back to you in a few days after they're done attaching the captions to it and they send the file back to you so that you can upload that file um, to uh, Amazon. Now, if your captions are off at all in any way, shape, or form, Amazon will, di- will reject it. Um, if your quality is not to their standards, they will reject it, which means that you'll have to re-record everything, right? Um, uh, yeah, and then, uh, but if they accept those things, then um, well, if you if you covered those things, then the next thing is uh, cover art, um, and then a few other like visual things that have to show up on the site when people uh, go to view whatever you know whatever your product is. Now those those that cover art also has to meet their qualifications for certain number of pixels. Can't have any like you know, certain types of content on it. Um, so, they, and they have a long list. They have a long list of the criteria for uploading Uploading that. When you've done all of that, you hit publish and then it gets sent off to a representative that works for Amazon who will watch whatever it is and look at, you know, your captions, look at the film, look, check the length, uh, view it for the content, make sure the rating system is correct, so on and so forth. And if there's anything wrong with it, anything at all, they will reject it. Mm-hmm. They will re- they will reject it. We got rejected three times. Three times. Uh, uh, my original date it, it dropped. Uh, Tromedy dropped on April fourteenth. Um, the original uh, release date for it was supposed to be February. It was like uh, like early February. Did they so, tell um, you why you 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 were rejected? 
Yes, they will tell you why you're rejected. So like first time our captions were off, we had to get our captions straight. Second time, um, the, the, the number of pixels for our cover art was off. We had to change what we thought the cover was gonna, you know what the cover was gonna be. We, um, we ran into another you. snag too, and let I can't me, remember what that one was. Let me, let me jump in real quick. You said, first you, you, you went to rev.com for the captions, right? right? And you got rejected because your captions were off. Was, it, was that your fault or was that rev.com's fault? No, it was our fault. And so here, here's what happened. It kind of, it, it was, it was, we, we kind of learned as, as we, as we were going, we were kind of learning as we were going. So what happened was we, we sent it, we sent it off to Rev to get the caption straight. We got back, we, we took a look at the film again to make sure that everything was good. Uh, and we noticed some editing issues. And so we went to go fix some of those editing issues, but that threw the timing off. Mm. Um, and we're like, oh, well, it's not even off by that much. It, you know, and it kind of fixes itself by the time it gets to here. I don't think it's going to be a really big deal. Got right. Um, but, uh, but Amazon was like, nah, <laughs> yeah. Amazon was like, no. So they, they, uh, so they send it back. And so we had to go back to Rev and, uh, and get that straight. And, um, so there was like little things that we had to fix, just little, little small stuff, but it mattered, you know? Um, and I think it's good. I think, you know, Amazon forced us to put out a quality, um, you know, a quality product. You know, I mean, we, we couldn't have, you know, couldn't half step it. Right. So, um, and we wouldn't, we would, we wouldn't want to anyway. You know, what yeah. I mean, we want to, yeah. we want to put out the best, you know, the best version of ourselves that we could. Sure. So, um, so we fixed whatever we needed to fix. We changed the cover art around, um, and we made, you know, we tried to find something that worked for us that still met their standards, and, um, um, and and then yeah. So you know, by the time we <laughs> third time's a charm. <laughs> and yeah, uh right. and uh and we and they uploaded it and um uh and so then by the time april rolled around we were we were good to go how long between rejections like they rejected you the first time you fixed the problem and then you resubmitted how long did that take look what amazon will tell you is that they their turnaround time is two to four business days <laughs> <laughs> don't you don't you believe it don't right. you don't you be that gullible don't you be gullible like i was yeah. and my director told me my director who had experience with this i told me she's like look it's not going to take two to four business days i'm telling you that now mm -hmm. right at the earliest it may be like three weeks before they get back to you yeah. and i was like oh nah man like it's, it's probably not gonna be that bad it was that bad <laughs> it was definitely that bad. Like I said, we were like shooting. We had a film screening in, at the end of January, and I'm and I told people that at the end of February, by or by mid February, we would be streaming. It did not happen. I didn't even get a like. I didn't even get an email back from them until about mid February, end of February. Thought you were ghosted. Yeah. As <laughs> <laughs> you said like, by the phone. Yo, <laughs> it, it hurt. And I, I mean, I, like I, I like really like sized myself up. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be on this particular day and da 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 da. da. And, it, and it, I, I played myself. I played myself. Yeah. Um, so there is a lengthy turnaround time. Right. Okay. Especially now with uh, code, you know, the whole COVID-19 thing. It's like slowed everything down. Right. Less, less people on staff to review these things. Um, and so. Um, it was it was a huge. It, it took forever. It took forever for them to um, to get back to me. Um, so uh, so be prepared for that. Um, All right, he's gonna jump back in. Man, this is some good information, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, until Roscoe jumps back in, uh, here he comes. Then here he comes. My bad. I didn't. Um, I did not mean. I don't know what happened. Um, no, you're good. That might have. That might have been. I might have hit the button by accident. That's my fault. No, you're good. You're good to go. Um. But um. So yeah, the turnaround time takes a takes a uh, uh, takes a while. Takes a, a song takes, takes a long while. So be prepared for that. Um, okay. if you, if you drop something and you're trying to like, you know, get people ready for it and you're trying to like pick a release date, pick, yeah. I mean, have your release date sit far, okay. Sit, okay. sit far out. So like okay. if you drop, if you publish and if you send it to get published and, um, streaming to Amazon, if you, if you do it in like April, for example, um, tell, you know, tell people when you're doing promo, yeah. pick like a summer date, just pick a summer date. Now it may upload before then. Cool. But uh you know pick up a summer date give yourself some time give yourself some time in between time for you to make mistakes uh for any possible hang-ups whatever but pick a date that's like further out um because i mean you know even if it's streaming and it's available on amazon nobody really knows it's there until you until you say something right you know what i mean right. so you start promoting it so you can pick whatever date you want but give yourself some time got it got it okay all right um three rejections would you say they 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 you have to wait three weeks per rejection. Were the others shorter? Um, and I and I hassled them too, man. Like I was sending emails, like and, you know, has this been reviewed yet? Has this been reviewed yet? Right. And I think honestly, man, I mean that might have been why. Um, Let's do a little bit. Yeah, you know, because uh, I was I was annoying. I was calling. I was sending emails. Persistent, constantly. man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it might have been. Um, I'm looking at the timeline now. I remember, I remember talking to somebody in February, talking to somebody in March, and then it dropped in April. So, yeah, I would say I, I would say it was maybe about three weeks, maybe about two or three weeks in between by the time I heard something from somebody. And that's right. with me being persistent. Got Mind you, that's with me being persistent and hitting them up first. Got you. Got you. So let's, let's talk about the business uh, behind the pursuit, right? Now that you've you did the live special, uh, your your colleague, your friend said, let's go for the gusto. Let's go for Amazon Prime. Right. Um, did you all discuss what the uh, the strategy or, or did you talk about whether this is a money move um, or more so uh, a more strategic play to boost your status? Right uh, now, you're you're a slam poet, but now you also can say that you are a you are an Amazon Prime. Uh, I don't know. Tell me what that looks like. So it's definitely it's playing chess. You know what I mean? Okay. And any type of any type of career move is that's that's what you're playing, right? You know, yeah. life is a game of chess. So um, this was not like a money grab. You know what I mean? Okay. Anybody who if you so just for people who don't know about streaming. You don't make any real money off streams. Um, people who are streaming okay. on Spotify, you're, I mean, you're getting not even pennies on the, you're not even getting pennies on the dollar. You yeah. know what I mean? I remember this thing about Pharrell, and I'm, I'm getting the numbers a little mixed up, but I remember him talk, doing a, uh, an interview, and he was saying that, like, after, like, 38 million streams of Happy, um, it was, like, something crazy, like $10,000 or something like that. After like 38 million streams, and wow. I mean, my numbers are a little off, but he was saying how it was pretty much it was really nothing. I mean, you got to think 38 million, 40, however many millions of yeah. streams. Then by the time they finally cut you a check, you're only getting you know roughly a few thousand dollars. 
Um, so that's that's little to nothing. So right. uh, Amazon is no different. Um, okay. For every 60 minutes, I finally looked at the numbers. It was every 60 minutes, I get six cent, right? Okay. So uh, Tromedy is an hour long show. You know, right. what I mean? you watch it once. You watch it once. You gave me six, six cents. cents per you gave me a nickel and a watch. penny. Okay. okay. <laughs> so um, it's not a it's not a money making thing uh, per se, but it's an accessibility thing, right? People want to know where they can find you. Um, so yes, all right. So there's a, a lengthy amount of time between uh, between the rejections, and that was with me. Um, that was with me really staying on top of them and emailing and calling and talking to representatives and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, so you have to be uh, be very very like cognizant about about that, right? Have a have a release um, have a release date just further out so that you don't um, have to kind of continue to push it, continue to push it further out. You know, I mean, in case right. you run into any snags along the way, right? Um, yeah, and me. so uh, I think what we were also talking about, like, it, was it like a, a money thing chess or move. was it? Um, yeah, chess yeah, move. chess move exactly. Got it. So. It was so this this was totally a game of chess. So um um you know not a lot of not a lot of money on the on the dollar coming right. from streams. Um uh six cents for every sixty minutes um uh, somebody streams it, I get six cents. Uh, uh just to be fully transparent. So uh, so watch it a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so it's not a it's not a money grab. Um, there's no yeah. money. There's no money in it. But there is an accessibility to it. You know, people always want to know where they can find you. Right. People want to know like how you're accessible. Uh, where can they can see you, even if you're not at a show, right. so on and so forth. It keeps you relevant. And as an artist, relevancy is everything. Huge. Right. You want to always be relevant. Right. Um, because that creates more followers. That creates more fans. And that creates more streams of income. Indeed. Right. Uh, uh, particularly when you're pulling out um, one, a quality product and then a quality and then a, a product that has like a certain audience. And so here's here's why that part is, in, is important. So um, what Tromedy has done, even in the short time that has been uh, that has existed, is that it's opened up more avenues for me as an artist, um, particularly because now I'm introducing comedy into my own repertoire. Sure. So uh, people are viewing me differently as an artist. And what they can what they can bring me into, right? They don't just have to bring me into these like poetic spaces. Right. Um, they can bring me into these comedic spaces, you know. And it's a little different than what their audience is used to, right? So that's a whole new opportunity for me. Yeah. Traumedy is heavily centered around mental talks about culture and mental health, um, and has and has uh, kind of unofficially, at least for the time being, made me this kind of like spokesperson, this poetic spokesperson for black men and mental health right and like how i'm dealing with it because i'm usually fairly transparent about that as well and and right. you know you know when i'm going to therapy and how i'm processing my own trauma and all that right and so now here's this product that's kind of sitting and centered around that and so it's put me in spaces where i can talk about masculinity and i can talk about uh trauma and mental health and depression um at schools at colleges and panel discussions um even our screening for the for the for traumedy we turned it into a panel i invited like four other mental health professionals to sit and not just talk about the film but talk about like the impact of art on um on people dealing with depression and suicide ideation and bipolarism and things of that nature right so uh, it's opening up a lot of conversations. Um, Traumedy allowed me to get the TED talk. It, it, you know what I mean? Like people 
like the the I you know Tromedy had been had just been recorded. It was circling around. Um, we were planning to do another uh, another showing of it and then a screening. And then somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody was like, um, "You should bring him to do uh, TEDx." And so that that put that that created another opportunity for me. Um, and it allowed me to work with more nonprofits, and it, it allowed me to work in more, you know, in more youth youth groups and things of that nature. So it it created more opportunities for me, and it's still doing that. You know, what I mean, I have people. Uh, somebody saw Traumedy, and um, uh, there was a, a a organization that is in Lynchburg, and they're doing a Juneteenth thing. And they're like, hey, would you be able to do like a part of what was on stage, what I saw on stage, would you be able to willing to do that at a Juneteenth event? And I'm like, yeah, sure, that sounds fun, that sounds great. Uh, and they wanted to be centered around culture and mental health, not just being black, but just like all these facets that come along with us while we celebrate Juneteenth. So um, it's a, it's about accessibility, right? It's about having something that people can see um, to, to assess um, how they feel about your art without having to see you physically at a venue. Got it. Got it. So that chess move has also gone before you basically, right? And and created rooms for you to walk into. Definitely. Right? Absolutely. Not only not only that, um, it has enhanced your resume. Um Definitely. You know, really nicely. Right. And uh, but also verbally where, like you said, if someone asks, you know, where can I find you or where can I find your work? You're, you're not just saying, yeah, find me on Instagram at right. Roscoe Burnham's, you know, look at my stuff, my clips, you know. But now you can say, yeah, um, plug in your 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 uh, your your fire stick and, you know, or even on your laptop and go to Amazon. And and check out my special, like oh right. eyes open, like oh okay, all right. And then they're like, yeah, we can make we can do some major things with this gentleman here. Uh, um, facts, man, and and uh, getting it onto a platform like Amazon. My bad, go ahead, Jerry. No, nah, but see, when did you realize how inspiring this can be? Just from seeing, like, we went through the timeline of just attention span and technology and whatnot. Um, when you when you when you landed this. Um, as far as promoting and advertising, of course, when did you realize that it was actually going to be this and empowering? Because now it's like I'm, I'm thinking about different strategies now as you know, right. building, but I'm thinking about the other artists who may have been in the screening and may have, you know, who may have mentored or taught, you know, so I spoke personally, I had a personal relationship with like how, when did you know that this was an impactful on them, you know what I mean, on the people that really matter to you? Um, so, uh, I, I don't think I, I don't even know if I realized that yet. <laughs> You're like, when did you realize it? I don't let you know if I if I have. I don't even, just now. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was this I was this day old. Right. Um so um I tell you I'll tell you a few moments um since the release where uh I've started to kind of realize um what how how big it is and how big it could be. So before the release on Amazon, we did the film screening uh, in Richmond. Um, there were two younger poets who um, who've been making a lot of noise in the in the city. They just they've been on the rise, right? They've been writing a lot, even featuring the different local spots and out even like uh, spots that aren't local. They've been traveling now uh, and doing it kind of their own way, right? Doing it their own way, and it's been really inspiring for me watching this kind of next generation of 
uh, artists. And uh, I'm, I'm never the OG that thinks that the new ones are taking the spotlight. In fact, I encourage it. I, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see more. I want to see more, right? But they they came. They came to the screen and they paid their they got they they paid their money to come to the screen. They bought tickets and they were like, I want to see what this looks like. And they they saw it and they were like, I didn't even know people could do stuff like this. Right. And it was like it was like really inspiring for them. And that was a huge compliment to me as somebody who you know they're they're probably about ten years un under me. Um, and fairly new in the in in doing and using their art at, uh, as to as a career as a career move, right? Um, and so for them to kind of look at me as like an OG, uh, which yeah. feels weird a little bit for me, but um, to <laughs> for them to look at me like that and to be like, oh, he's making a move that I didn't know anybody could do, and that's inspiring me to go do something, right? right? Um, that that was huge to me right because to me that's a that's a legacy move right i you know i i leave here you know when my time is done and i'm dead and gone there are artists and there are young minds that i've inspired to try something at least try something different and try right. something that means something to them um and so that's huge for me and so um then fast forward in april when when it gets released there were some other poets who were or more more so my peers and they were like, this was really innovative. I would have never thought to do this. Right. Right. Uh, and they're like, I have so many ideas now. I have so many ideas now that I know this can happen. And I'm like, fantastic. Right. So now, you know what I mean? Poe's about to take over Amazon Prime. <laughs> wait, till this, wait till this quarantine is over. You're about to have a new special on Amazon Prime. Like every other right. week, Poe's yeah. going to be uploading everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's great because when this becomes a wave, when this becomes a wave, uh, I'll know that like, like I had a hand in that. You know what I mean? I had yeah. a hand in creating a new platform for an art form that I've loved since I was, you know, this big. You know what I mean? And so and to see that grow and then exist in new ways is huge for me. Huge. Right. And then the last one was uh, and this is just kind of like a kind of a you know a nod to my own ego. So I, you know, anybody. So um <laughs> Uh, there's a homie uh, who's, you know, I, I talk about him as, as a poetry friend and, and, a, and a homie and a peer, um, but everybody else kind of looks at him in a different way because of who he is, but Rudy Francisco, yeah. right? So Rudy Francisco is hands down one of the most popular spoken word poets that's existed thus far, right? He's been on Jimmy yeah. Fallon and yeah. he's been everywhere. Yeah. Um, and so he was doing an interview and they were like, hey, you know, what's one thing that Rudy Francisco wants to accomplish that uh, he hasn't accomplished yet? And which for me is unfathomable because I'm thinking that Rudy has done done it all and is doing it all, right? He's somebody right. who I look to in the game um, to, to know what my next move should be. <laughs> and he was like, you know, Roscoe just released this poetry special, yeah. this comedy yeah. special. And I think that would be really dope if I did something like that. Sorry. And I'm like, yeah, you damn right it would. And of course, <laughs> it would be cool. You know, like, um, and he, but he, he gave me this nod, and he was like, "Man, Roscoe, like, yeah, I watched it, and he did something really dope, and I think this is like the new wave for, for poets." And that alone um, has been uh, saying, "Who is Roscoe? Who is Roscoe Burners? Let me go check him out on Amazon." Facts. Wow. You know what I mean, that's gonna get you. That's gonna get you a few streams, man. That's gonna get me a whole like at least, you know, what I mean, at least thirty cent. That's gonna get yeah. me thirty cent at least. But so, but thirty more opportunities, <laughs> thirty cent, but thirty more opportunities. Yeah, 
you know uh so um that was that was a uh and, and me and me and rudy have been uh been homies for for a minute and um and uh but to some somebody on that level you know doesn't have to like doesn't have to give you the nod you know what i mean even if he sees it even if he likes it um uh you know we're not we're not besties you know what i mean you know we're not going out picking matching shirts and shit uh and stuff my bad and um <laughs> and so like you know for him to give me the nod and, and for him to have watched it and for him to be like not only is that is it dope but this is something that i now want to try um that's a, that's a huge compliment it's a huge uh, compliment and it shows me yeah. the kind of, that i'm on the right track you know what i'm saying that's good that's good, that's good. um I wanted to ask you uh, what's what's next from here, uh, right? What what's how do you one up or go to the next level again, right? Because we're always striving to keep on climbing, you know, and and to do better what we did yesterday, tomorrow. What's what's your next so, step move? Um. So you know the next move for me the next move is is more about focus. Okay. Um, Tromedy is still fairly new, and we want to get it in front of as many people as possible. Um, we want to grow from the platform that we've been on. Um, so we want to try to start getting Tromedy to some other platforms um, that we may have access to. Um, I've talked to like uh like all deaf uh all deaf digital. Um, Got it. Uh, which is like right. a huge poetry platform yeah. uh, and moving into kind of creating their own network essentially. Right. So, and I want to, I want to be, I want to try to be a part of something like that. Uh, even if it's not them, uh, I want to try to be a part of something, something like that and get trauma in, in more, in more spaces and places. So yeah. there's that. Um, we, um, in the near future, when me and my editor's schedule can, can get on, you know I mean? On the, on the same. Yeah. Um, same. Right, so it can get in sync. Uh, we want to extract the audio and um, upload it to like other streaming platforms, so like you know Spotify or you know what I mean Title and all that kind of stuff, uh, right. so that people can access that um, in that way, um, almost like the way that comedy albums exist, right? You know what I mean? We you know there's comedy albums that are out, and you can you can listen to them uh, on Spotify or you know all these other streaming services. There's okay. that, and so I want to try to shoot for that, and then. Um, uh, uh, Sirius XM has a, a comedy station, um, uh, particularly one that plays a lot of uh, clips from newer comics. Um, and so I actually want to use maybe like some of the the poetry, honestly, that has like these kind of funny moments in it, in addition to like some of the, the jokes that come before and after it, and right. use those clips and see if we can get kind of in, in rotation, uh, in rotation in, in Sirius XM. So I want to see how far we can brand this um, this whole trauma thing and, and, and move into that space and see what we can come up with. Got it. Um, yeah. and then I want to do, I have, um, some material that we're working on for the next, like, uh, the next special that we want to get recorded within like the next year or so. Um, and, uh, I want to work on that and kind of do this again. And now that people have seen it, it can be a success. I want to be able to do it in like a bigger venue. Like we were at, um, this really, dope spot for Tromedy, we were in this really dope spot called the dark room um and which held about a hundred people and we and we packed it in nice so which was great um it was it was a total compliment and now that we've kind of worked out the kinks and we know what this can what this can do and how it can exist and 
uh, I want to shoot for like a theater. You know what I mean? I want to. I want. You know, I may not be like arena size yet, but I can definitely. I know I can definitely fill up a theater. Right. Um, now that people have seen it and um, and they know what to expect. Yeah. Um. So that's that's the next move, man. That's the next move for me for 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 right now. Okay. Um. I want to just kind of focus on building this thing that I've created and um yeah. uh fine tuning, kind of fine tuning this thing that I've created. Got it. Uh, and um. Yeah, man, just pushing as much as possible. Well, you know, our our mission, you know, the Poet Life podcast, our mission is to uplift the poetry community and build the poetry industry. And and you're doing both, man. You know, you're 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 uplifting the poetry community by doing this, teaching people what you did and not hoarding and holding all of the information saying, hey, I made the move and get it how you live, you know, right. what you're saying, this is how you do it. And we want to help you um, help others to learn and understand how they can take their art to the next level and get it out of the hands of the hobby. Right. right. So um, uh, a few weeks ago, you know, you you obliged us and came on our, our Zoom uh, networking with the Poet Life. And we do those on Fridays where where we network, but also feature someone like yourself who has an expertise or has done something amazing and basically teach the folks in the poets in that Zoom uh, room, if you will. What do we call it? Yeah, Zoom room. It's called a Zoom room. Uh, yeah, whatever. Um, but <laughs> and but they get so much out of it. You know that was that was amazing. You know, just being able it was to fun kinda, too. It was a lot of fun, man. You know, and yeah. and we were able to ask them. All right, so what projects are you all working on, and how can we, uh, you know, uh, impart you know, our resources or, or advice or suggestions, and they really appreciated it. You know, we, I, I'm sure you as well, were getting tagged in thank yous and congratulations. And we really appreciate you talking to us. You didn't have to do it. We were getting DM just, you know, thank you for facilitating it. So what we're going to do, um, you know, started. So we're dropping this on June 1st. Um, we drop our episodes on Mondays on a weekly basis. So this first episode of the relaunch, if you will, will be June 1st. But every time we drop a, an episode that Friday, we will be having networking with the Poet Life um, in on Zoom, where the guests that we had on that episode on that previous Monday, we'll be in that Zoom teaching, um, breaking down further what they talked about, what you talked about here on the podcast, right? And we call it you know, pretty much, and we want to continue that on a monthly basis. So if if you 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 would you know honor us to to allow you know your your time and and do this on on a monthly basis with us, man, we want to teach as many poets as possible. Again, we're uplifting the poetry community and building the industry so like you said more poets can do what you've done mm -hmm. right because so now that other people that are not poets they can see the value in it and it's like oh, there's, there's some there's some yeah. value here there's some money here there's some you know uh some artists that are you know um 
diverse in, in their creativity um, and, and they can do other things other than open mics and, you know, but they can do TV, right. they can do movies, they can do commercials. So let's get them to do it. And this is where it starts. And so we really appreciate you, man. Um, and we're, we're you. excited about where this is going to go. Um, and we're excited to, you know, see what your next moves are. Uh, but definitely on June 5th, uh, we'll have the Eventbrite link and all of that ready and ready to go. Um, but we're going to continue teaching and showing folks, you know, what all they can, because that's the, and that's what we talked about before. Um, now they can see from someone in their community that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, right. talk, talk, just talk about that briefly. Um, just being that example of what's possible. Um, it's, it's been an honor, man. It's been an honor to, to have, um, have your peers and, and, and people who are watching you to be like, you push the culture forward. There you go. Um, and, and, you know, it comes with, it, t- it comes with taking some risk. You know what I mean? We took a risk yeah. and it, and it, it paid off uh, or it's paying off. And so, you know, um, no, no great change comes without risk, uh, without, you know, the risk of failure. Um, that's how we learn. Uh, that's how we grow. That's how we evolve. And so I'm, I'm proud to just be a part of that. Awesome. Awesome. Jay, Rod, do you have anything for, for no, Roscoe? Let me think of uh, some more thing about this morning. Um, I heard somebody say one thing that a master does. So I'm, I'm big on like using this time right now to discipline, self-mastery, get myself together. Like small things, like tweaking small things within myself. Um, There's a qu- quote the guy said. He said, uh, the one thing that a master does is make the way for a grandmaster. Mm. And this whole time I'm thinking about how you know, you're pushing the culture forward and you're paving the way for hopefully someone can even take it even step farther you know, and take it even higher, even bigger, you know, and then the move that you're right. obviously going to make is like, you know, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an escalator that, that can repeat itself in a sense. Like as you're going higher and higher, you're still opening more doors and people are still coming right. in. Like it's more a potential and opportunity for someone to come into each one of them doors and, you know, who knows what. So, I was thinking about that. So one thing you did say is, is, is sticking with me how um, you didn't really realize it. And then as we're talking about it, you're realizing how impactful it is. And like Rudy Francisco was saying things about you and the, the two poets who you were mentored are saying things about it. It's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's inspiring to me. You know what I mean? So just listening to it, it kind of, that quote resonates more now. So in like real time now. So okay. I appreciate the interview a lot. Thank y'all, man. This is dope, yo. And I like what y'all are doing. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, what um, Rudy did for you, you know, when you go forth, because you were just on a podcast, who, what was that gentleman's name? Um, Oh, the the Randy Wilson podcast. Randy Wilson podcast. You know, I saw that and, and just us with you being on and I saw you posted on Facebook, you know, we're talking about his podcast and, and, you know, hopefully by us just speaking about it, our viewers will then go check his podcast out. And when you go do right. other uh, TV shows and podcasts and things of that nature, oh yeah, we were just on the Poor Life podcast. And and, and that's how the industry go, grows, you know? And and, right. and so that's what I'm really excited about, man. And I really appreciate you offering yourself. And um, uh, welcome to the Poet Life community, man. You know, and Thank but you, also, man. and also becoming an instructor in the Poet Life University. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. This, this is dope. This is dope. Thank y'all for this. Super, Thank really, you. super yes, excited about it. What do you have? Anything um, 
you have anything that you want to leave off with? Um, you know, look, you know, I think I think it's really important for for artists to know that um, it's uh, the the process is taxing, right? It, or it feels that way. It can be. It can feel really draining, but. Um, you know, when you're doing something you love, I mean, you know, the old saying is if you're doing something you love, you never work a day in your life. Right. Um, but, um, uh, it's not true. <laughs> it still feels like work, but it's yeah. rewarding. You know, it's really, really rewarding. You know I mean? My thing is, you know, you do what you love and you love what you do. Right. Um, so, uh, and so, if, you know, if you make that a goal, then, um, the work always feels worth it. It always feels rewarding. Awesome. Uh, so you, you, you just have to keep going, you know what I mean? It, yeah. Like, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm years in and um, uh, I've had some some failures and some, and some successes and that's just a part of it. And I'm proud of both yeah. uh, because they, they turned me into the artist I am and they, they help kind of push me in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Roscoe Burnham's poet, Roscoe Burnham's. We truly appreciate you coming on the first episode of the relaunch of Poet Life Podcast. Please go follow Roscoe Burnham's and go yes. check him out on Amazon Prime. You know, yes, that's that heavy to be able to say, you know, so uh, after him will be a lot more because of him. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, this is what we're going to do. And and we have a lot of work. You and I, um, we were just talking about, you know, we're, we're, we're coming up next to, to do something on Amazon Prime and you're going to be a part of it. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So we, yes. we'll be revealing more about it. And uh, we're truly excited about it. Um, you all can find us on any Poet Life, I'm sorry, um, podcast uh, p platform. We're on every, we're on everything right now. So just check it out, share it, um, and please follow this young, this gentleman here. He's doing some yeah, major yeah. things, and we're just honored to be, or uh, to have him on our platform as well. And so, uh, whatever you have going on, you know, uh, Roscoe, we want to offer our services, our, our resources. You know, what we have is what you have, and we're going to continue to build this community and this industry man thank you so much jay roddy what do you have man thank you so much good brother i want to tell the people's website now they can find you um this is the most active when i saw roscoeb.webs.com correct yes sir roscoeb.webs.com you can find the bio some of the videos and contact also you can find on youtube roscoe burnham right and then they give guy tromedy on amazon prime i'm i'm inspired as a author myself trying to trying to create my third book right now and just like in the writing process right. and a friend of mine who's helping me write the book we're, we're, we're trying to we were talking about how to get it from the actual manuscript to the screenplay to on screen and um, she's in LA right now so she she knows people and she has connections in the media and um and marketing agency and stuff like that and um, we we're trying to find a way to get on Netflix possibly and you know you speaking of Amazon Prime that's kind of like you know well, let's 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 go ahead and try to Look at this now. Let's you know go. I mean? try to take let's it this go. Way. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're trying to be the big fish right now. Let's just try to take it this way and then see what we can build. Because I'm, I'm looking at you right now. It's like and another thing that stands out to me. I'm sorry, Chris, I'm taking up time. No, go uh, ahead, man. We're good. Malcolm Gladwell's book, uh, David and Goliath. And um, he said, some people seek to be a, a, like a, a big fish in a small pond, while others seek to be a small fish in a big pond. And it's kind of like, where do you feel most comfortable? And he gave an example of a, a group of artists and how um, 
separately, they couldn't get their pieces in the big, you know, auctions or whatnot. But they came together and built their own little section of art. And then the people who were the big artists came to them now, and that's how their piece became right. well known across the world. And he's an artist that we know now, in like the Van Goghs and the Rembrandts, all these guys like who had to come together type stuff and really, you know, get out there. So it made me think of like the, the Renaissance era, man, like like brothers and sisters coming together. Yeah. They trying to build their own pocket for that pocket. They they start to take over different corners and the corner turn the whole side and turn the whole wall. So yeah. I'm 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 excited, man. To say the least. Thank you, man. Awesome. Um, gentlemen, go for it. Oh, I, I just just to to Jerry's point about uh, about the about the story about the artist, right? Like having a team behind you. Um, you know, it's it's hard doing a lot of things by yourself. So if you got people who are, um, if you got if you have people who are really in your corner, like calling a favor and for every once in a while, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I had a homie come through who was willing to host. I had a friend who's you know had some directing experience who, who was willing to come in and direct, and um, and you know, I, I knew somebody who was an editor and. You know, use use whatever you have in in your network. You know what I mean. And if you don't have it in your network, then somebody else probably has it in there. So like, just reach out and just make make it. You know, make it happen. The the venue that we had, um, I didn't even know about it at first, but you know, a friend uh, of another friend had a had a had a show there, and I'm you know we went and and they had a connection with the person who ran the venue, and so that's how we were able to get our foot in the door. So you just you never know how these things are gonna happen, but you know build build a team, yo. If you got people yeah. who really who are really standing behind you, you know build a team as best you can, uh, and work and work and work from there. Yeah, it's not the easiest thing to do to build a team, you know, because it's, it's super hard to um, match personalities and work ethics and and all of that, you know, and, and time schedules and family, yeah. you know, all of those pieces and. You'll, you'll notice that some people are not going to work out uh, most times than the none, you know, um, but and that's OK. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's, and that's OK. Good. Yeah. But keep on people, going. People will stick around. People will stick around for as long as they are supposed to. Right. You know, what I mean, you know, depending yeah. on what your spiritual belief is. Yeah. Um, and then they'll and then they'll just kind of they'll kind of they'll exit, you know, what I mean, one way or another. And then and new people will come and new people will come and, you know, reason to season our lifetime. That's you know, that's, that's what they say. Totally. Totally. Um, look, man, uh, we could talk all night, man. You know, I know. I know. Hey, we, and, and I don't like putting, you know, time limits on anything, you know. Um, so, you know, we could again, we could talk all night, but uh, this won't be the last time we talk. You know, again, uh, the next thing we do will be the networking with the poet life. So let's let's save some uh, for the folks that will be in that Zoom. And so everybody, um, check us out at uh, po the dot com. Uh, if you're looking for some gear, if you check this out, if you went to an HBCU, HBCU poet, some uh, a, a lot hey. more, you know, exciting gear. This is Norfolk State. You know, it's the green and gold. Behold, right? I am uh, but look, we have it. We have these colors in all HBCU colorways. So if you went to Howard, what is that, white and blue? We have that for you, you know. Yeah. And so um, that's poetlifegear.com. But, you know, just check uh, us Virginia, out. State in the building. Shouts out, you know what I'm saying? Shouts out to my Trojans. You know What's saying? your colors? What's your colors? It's orange and blue. Oh, we got you. We got <laughs> word, you. We got to get you one of these HBCU poets, man. Um, but yeah, man, this is this is what we're doing. We're uplifting the poetry community and building the poetry industry. And this is where we're starting. 
and and come on board. You know, reach out to us on on Instagram and Twitter at the Poet Life or po- uh, Poet Life Podcast. Um, and let's go, man. Let's let's take the culture and and push it forward. And Roscoe Burnham's is making it happen, and, and we're super excited to see who's coming on next. And I believe the next poet to come on is not. You know, I'm not gonna do that. You'll 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 see. You just gotta come back to our page. Go to uh, YouTube and look up uh, Poet Life TV. Doing some major things. Roscoe Burnham's. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you, sir. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, appreciate it. Indeed, indeed. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com.